You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to bridgesnashville.com. Well, during the entire month of January, we were in a series called Win the Day with Pastor Mark Batterson and our parent church, National Community Church. And so if you missed yesterday's message, it was incredible. Great wrap up to the series called Seed the Clouds. And you can find that message on our Facebook Instagram and YouTube pages. We also had our fifth Sunday Sabbath, which was a special online worship service. Man, it was a powerful time in God's presence. Encourage you guys to check that out if you missed it. And so that creates a unique opportunity for us to speak on a different subject on our podcast. And so we've been doing this series called Side Dish. And it's where we've been able to talk about things that I think all of us have questions on, but they might not have the answers on a Sunday morning service. And so uh, we've talked about how to trust. We've talked about how to find passion. We've talked about how to fast because that's something that we've been in through this entire month. And today I want to talk about something unique that I feel like God has been uh, putting on my heart, especially over these last nine months during uh, quarantine, COVID, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, uh, during these last uh, strange and uncertain times, God has really been speaking to me about rest. And so today's podcast is How to Rest. In his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, Pastor John Mark Comer writes about the death of the Sabbath in American life. See, up until the 1960s, blue laws forced businesses to close on Sundays, and Sabbath was a regular routine of American life back then. But as culture got busier and busier and the entertainment industry started to take off, we lost the Sabbath in America. Comer writes, we lost more than a day of rest. We lost a day for our souls to open up to God. And it all got crazier in 2007 when the iPhone put the internet into all of our pockets. Did you know that a recent study showed the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day? Another study shows millennials spending an average of five hours on their phones a day. Maybe you're guilty of that. Maybe I'm guilty of that. But the problem with our phones is that it creates this nonstop uh, distraction. It's in our phones. We want to pick it up. We want to see what's going on in the world. We want to check our email. We want to see Instagram, and we want to see Twitter, and we, we have to check Facebook every day to see what everybody's up to. And the problem is it creates this inner turmoil. It creates this massive distraction. As my father would say, uh, it's a weapon of mass distraction, and it makes it really hard to rest in this day and age. St. Augustine, the great theologian, once said, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So if you're listening to this and you struggle with restlessness or anxiety, or you just find it hard to reset, I want to tell you, you are not alone. And I also want to say there is hope. There is a way to find rest. In fact, in Matthew 11, verses 25 to 28. Here's here's the deal. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son 
and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Here's the big one. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So a couple of things jump out from this passage to me. Uh, at the beginning of it, it, it actually says that um, these things were hidden from the wise and learned. See, sometimes we try to uh, come to God with all of our intellect and all of our knowledge, and, and he's saying, listen, to have true rest in me, you've got to become like children. And then Jesus actually says that no one knows the Father except those who know the Son, like Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father. And so when he talks about rest, that's part of the heart of God. And he tells his early listeners and probably all of his disciples who are in earshot here, he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I love what A.W. Tozer writes in his book, The Pursuit of God about this particular passage. He says, the burden is not a local one peculiar to those first hearers, but one which is borne by the whole human race. It consists not of political oppression or poverty or hard work. The burden borne by mankind is a heavy and crushing thing. And the word that Jesus used means a load carried or toil born to the point of exhaustion. Rest is simply release from that burden. It is not something we do. It is what comes to us when we cease to do. Wow. How powerful are those words from A.W. Tozer? Rest is what happens when we cease to do. You know, yesterday was a unique rhythm for us at Bridges Nashville. We call it Fifth Sunday Sabbath. Every time there's a fifth Sunday in the month, we have an intentional online worship service that's designed to just help people engage in the presence of God. And worship is when our hearts come into alignment with the Spirit of God that's at work. And, you know, especially musical worship, you know, I'm a musician, I'm a songwriter. We're here in Nashville surrounded by uh, music all the time. And musical worship is kind of special to my heart. You know, worship in its truest sense is really just this Hebrew word avodah, which means your daily work. And so it's whatever you do. Uh, do as unto the Lord, as it says uh, in, in Colossians, you know, whatever you do, work heartily for the Lord. So anything can be worship when you turn it into an act of service out of love for God. But musical worship has a special place because music is the universal language, right? Music is one of those things where sometimes you can only sing what you want to say. And so I think when we worship, when, when we sing, when we praise God, It puts our minds, our hearts, our spirits set on things above, right? When we worship God for everything that he is, for all that he's done, it helps us really get perspective of eternity. And so how do you Sabbath? How do you rest? How do you find peace today? Well, this key word Sabbath that we've already mentioned here, it's all about rest. You can even pop an extra E into that word rest and get reset, right? And and Sabbath, uh, whether you know a lot about it or not, it has roots in the Genesis story of creation where God created for six days, right? He made the heavens and the earth and everything within. 
and then he rested on the seventh. And I think nowadays we've heard that so many times that it's almost become commonplace. But do we get the implications of that? God rested. God rested. And here we are in our limited strength, our finite capacity, and we think that we can just go, go, go all the time. And I think the way that American life is set up, or the American dream, if you want to call it that, it's almost like we're encouraged to burn the candle at both ends until we're burnt out. And then we take a vacation and we try to get some of that mojo back. But I wonder, what if there was a more maintenance style of living that wouldn't have us burning out so easily? I love that word, maintenance, because inside of it, you've got this root word, maintain. And here's the definition of maintenance. It's the process of maintaining or preserving someone or something or the state of being maintained, right? And so the process of preserving someone or something, I love sweets and, you know, a lot of uh, the sweets that I eat have preservatives. And you can obviously say there's a lot of bad things in preservatives, maybe not the most healthy thing to eat, but what it does is it preserves the flavor and the sweetness of that object. And so maintenance is all about that. We, we've got to maintain so that we don't burn out. And Sabbath is a way that you do that. You know, I have a, uh, an old beat up pickup truck And if I don't take that thing in for regular maintenance for those oil changes, right, for the transmission flush, even though I know that can be a little bit pricey, what's a lot more expensive is if my engine blows up and I've got to replace a car. And so maintenance is just common sense here. We've got to maintain. Jesus actually has a similar word for maintain that he used often with his disciples, and it was remain. You know, in John 15, Jesus gives the disciples some real gold. This word remain, 10 times throughout this passage, we read the word remain, or in some translations, it's abide, right? Abide in me. It's a word that appears in 16 of John's 21 chapters. And the Greek word for remain is meno, M-E-I-N-O. And it's pretty much what you think it means. Stay put, staying in place. It's a simple command, but it goes against the hurry of life, doesn't it? It goes against the busyness of our culture to just be still, to remain, to maintain, to rest. See, everything around us points us to work, 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 go, 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 do, do, do. But you've heard it said, we are not human doings, we are human beings. And this abide language that Jesus uses in John 15 is so crucial to letting him be Lord of our lives. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. God is the gardener. Guess which part does the least amount of work? Yeah, the branches, they don't toil. And yet when they're connected to the vine, they produce fruit. And when they're cut off, they wither. Listen, fruit is a byproduct of what you're connected to. It's a byproduct of abiding. We want to be fruitful. We want to have productive lives, but you cannot be fruitful if you don't remain in Christ. And so let me just share three things that are so simple 
on how to Sabbath. And if you want to learn uh, more about this, I would really encourage you pick up the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Uh, you can also pick up uh, The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. He writes a lot about just resting in God's presence. Uh, there's so many incredible books out there right now about Sabbath and rest and just allowing God to restore you and rejuvenate you. But I just want to share three quick ideas that I think can help you today on how to Sabbath and how to find rest um, the way that Jesus intended. And, and let me just say this as a caveat as well. In Matthew 12, you know, Jesus is with his disciples and um, he kind of gives everybody a course correction on Sabbath. You know, Sabbath is not something to be bound by. It's not uh, legalism here. Sabbath was a gift to men. Like we were not created for Sabbath. Sabbath was created for us. And so Jesus had to right some wrongs because the Pharisees and the uh, Sadducees and the religious leaders of his day and age were like, hey, you can't heal on the Sabbath or you can't you know, pick grains uh, to eat on the Sabbath. They were really bound by the law and Jesus really dismantled all of that. And uh, he said, look, the Sabbath was a gift so that you could reset, not a tool to be used to hang over people when they don't do what you think they should do according to the law. And so let me just say that as a caveat. And that's in Matthew 12. You can read that. But I do think that Jesus had this incredible rhythm in his life because he never burned out. And if there was anybody who was effective in ministry, it was the Son of God. And he poured this into his disciples, and they carried on, and they launched the early church, obviously. But they needed to have this rhythm of rest built in their lives so that they wouldn't burn out, so that they could carry out the work of the ministry, and so that they could uh, continue to follow and abide. Okay? So three things, simple, how to Sabbath. Number one, pick a day. Yeah, pick a day, a 24-hour period of rest where you can intentionally enter into this space that we've been talking about. This could be a Saturday or a Sunday if you work kind of a regular five-day week. Uh, For me, since I'm a pastor and I'm doing a lot of work on the weekends, it's Wednesday. Wednesday is my Sabbath. That is a day where it's for my family. Uh, That is our day. Our kids look forward to it. And Listen, I turn down meetings on Wednesday. I keep that day sacred. And here's one of the things that I learned early on as I was trying to observe the Sabbath. I would usually use that as a day where I did all the work that wasn't in my normal nine to five, right? I would uh, produce albums and I would work with songwriters and I would do uh, a lot of things to kind of earn extra income. That is not Sabbath. Sabbath is literally a resting and an unplugging and a, a, an abiding with Jesus. And so if you're just you know, doing more work on an extra day that uh, isn't with your normal nine to five, that's not a great way to Sabbath. So what I really try to do now is be super intentional, turn down meetings, uh, turn down the opportunity for extra work on those days, just so I can uh, have that soul maintenance 24 hours that I need, uh, that you need, that we all need. And uh, you know what? Opportunities will always be there. Uh, I love Mark Batterson saying, uh, don't seek opportunity. Seek God and opportunity will seek you. So don't think that by taking a day of rest, you're going to lose opportunities. You only stand the chance to gain. And so first off, pick a day. Second, let go. Let go. Can I make a suggestion? When you Sabbath, uh, put your phone away. To unplug, you may want to actually detach from the digital world. 
You can't be glued to email. You can't be on your computer checking it, uh, watching TV all day. Uh, Don't be doing the things that don't restore you. And I, I get it. Sometimes we need to watch TV at the end of the day to unwind. But there's a difference between unwinding and unplugging. Unplugging is how you reset. I mean, literally, if my computer is messing up or you know my recording interface isn't working right, I'll unplug it from the wall and plug it back in. And that is a literal hardwire reset. And that's what we need. So unplug from the digital world. Put your phone away. Open a physical Bible. Get a Bible in your hands. I love my leather-bound Bible. It's something that you know I'll go to more and more these days and put down my phone. Sit down with a good cup of coffee. Uh, go on a prayer walk. You know, I, I've been walking the streets in our neighborhood uh, almost every morning over these last nine months, and it's been amazing that I get to interact with our neighbors. I've met so many people in our neighborhood, but these prayer walks for me, it, it's a daily reset. You know, it kind of just focuses my heart and mind, not just on the Sabbath, but pretty much every day. I'll just try to do a, a quick walk around the neighborhood, thirty minutes, and. In that 30 minutes, I'll pray for my family, I'll pray for those in need, I'll pray for our city, for our church, and uh, anything else that God lays on my heart. And so take a prayer walk. Those are so um, key when it comes to Sabbath. Put on some worship music, even some instrumental music. You know, we've got a great album for free download if you go to bridgesnashville.com slash music. You're going to see an instrumental album there. Uh, It's all piano, acoustic, and and strings. It's beautiful. It's called Elements, and it's based on the fruit of the Spirit. So put on an instrumental album and pray or put on a worship album that kind of gets you into the atmosphere of God's presence. Uh, So second, let go. And third, let God. Listen, tune into His voice. In your prayer time, don't do all the talking. Right? This is where you can literally be still and know that He is God. Open up the Bible, read the scriptures, and then maybe be silent for a time and, and ask God to speak to you. Lord, what is it that I just read that you need me to get right now? I would encourage you, get into a book that's going to stretch your faith and, and learn. Learn about the ways of Jesus. Learn about what God is doing on a bigger scale. You know, I have a goal. It's a lofty goal for me, at least, because I'm not that great, that fast of a reader, but I try to read 36 books a year. So that's three books a month. And it's usually on these Sabbath Wednesdays that I have um, that I get a lot of that reading done. And it stretches my faith. And I'm always reading with a highlighter. So I would encourage you, get into a book that's going to stretch your faith and learn. So number one, pick a day. Number two, let go. And number three, let God. Listen, Corey Ten Boom said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. A Sabbath is all about getting unbusy. <laughs> it's the ruthless elimination of hurry. It is resting. It is abiding. It is getting into the presence of God, allowing him to restore you, to rejuvenate you, to refresh you. And we can see this all throughout the Psalms where God brings times of refreshing for people who are weary. Let me end with just one more recap of Jesus' words in Matthew 11, verse 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And we learned that that means exhausted, right? So Jesus says, come to me if you're exhausted and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart 
and you will find rest for your souls. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Bridges Nashville or at Bridges Nashville on Instagram.